Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks that they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. How come people don't do Christmas names like they do Halloween names on Twitter? Because Christmas is not a fun or sexy holiday. What about Santa Baby? Have you seen <laughs> reindeer? Because they are they have like a sexy shape. To them. I will what? say, Chris, Wait. no, <laughs> let's uh, we we can't get into this. <laughs> are you talking about real reindeer or like some type of the line must be drawn here? <laughs> I feel like in cartoons when they draw Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, oh, sure. he has he has like kind of a a feminine curve. To yeah, him. they're trying to get, they're trying to give him supple lips. Yeah, <laughs> lips uh, was a weird choice. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh huh. No, I was gonna say in real life, I think reindeer are the least sexy shaped deer creatures. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. They got weird humps and stuff. Dewlaps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you considered got those moose faces too? Yeah. No, the least sexy shaped deer creature is that deer with hands from that one episode of Adventure Time. <laughs> mm, what those hands do though. So. <laughs> Uh, I think they break Finn's legs and then he goes away forever. Some people are into that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some people are into that, Louisa says, looking around, sweating. <laughs> I can confidently say with a clean conscience that I'm not into deer with human hands. <laughs> Breaking your legs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I often wonder, this might be too gross for us to get into, which is a first for uh -huh. our show, but... I often wonder with people that are into a, like, extreme ball torture or whatever. Yeah. Surely, if that's the thing that makes you sexually aroused, fine. I'm not here to kink shame anyone. I but am. But if, if somebody, like, full strength wailing on your nuts with a baseball bat is the thing that arouses you, do, can you only do that once? <laughs> like, Yeah, I wonder yeah, about that, you're, too. You're I a real about... Daffy Duck doing the magic trick yeah, kind of like, pervert. Because here's the other thing. If that's true that you can only do it once, how are you How are you confident enough that that is something you're into beforehand? Yeah, I think about that uh, my brother, my brother me question to sometimes where someone's like, uh, if you asked a woman to step on your genitals with high heels and you could prove that it didn't hurt you and she you gave her $1,000, do you think she would do it? Like, you can't prove it doesn't hurt you because <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah, like there, it's still your physical body, and it has yeah. limits. You can't just say no, 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 no. Balls can withstand infinite pressure. <laughs> no, I oh, think it's so uh, I think it's you know, it's like a Hellraiser thing. You wanna you wanna go uh, right to the edge of uh, being ripped apart by giant hooks. Yeah, I guess I haven't entered the pain <clears throat> dimension or whatever Hellraiser is about because the idea of the idea of actually hurting instead of pretending to hurt is horrifying to me. <laughs> yeah, the idea of Douglas Bradley uh, ripping apart your body and it makes you so horny and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> like the people who want to be eaten, like there was that guy in Germany who got arrested because another mm -hmm. guy uh, amputated his foot or something and then the German guy ate it. Like th this was a thing for both of them, a sexual thing. Yeah. But like that's so fucked up though. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like... Even if I can wrap my head around if you want if you want to be genuinely hurt for sexual reasons, like it's certainly not my thing at all. <laughs> it's maybe the least my thing ever, but <laughs> like I can understand that, mm -hmm. but I'm just thinking about the physical limitations, like that cannibalism thing or like yeah. extreme ball torture, like 
you can't do this forever. You've only yeah. got so many feet. <laughs> You've only got so many feet. What a yeah. sentence. Well, it's true. <sighs> I, um... Yeah, no, I, I think that, like... For some people, the role play is is enough. Yeah, see that I understand that, but the people yeah. who are like, "No, I need you to physically destroy my one human body." What? No, it's a bad idea. Like, listen, you when you solve that puzzle box, if xenobites <laughs> are showing up, regardless, dude, you better like, get horny for it. <laughs> if if you want someone to cut your nutsack open with a razor blade, like you can't, you can't, <laughs> they can't. Sorry, yeah, right? Can't yes, have it. There, there are there are people who will simulate that for you. See, that's that's the thing. This is the line. Like when people do any kind of role play for whatever, fine. People do like minor pain, fine. When you're destroying your body, now what? I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, yes. they'll do like a you know a, a fakey fake and. Um, like numb numb your nutsack and then do some like uh haunted house haunted exactly exactly (laughs) genuinely like asmr like haunted house style like ooh, it's your nuts that i'm that it's all you know that's enough for some people (laughs) yeah put your hands in this box these peeled grapes are your nuts (laughs) (laughs) do you think there's asmr of like jigsaw (laughs) where jigsaw is like whispering all the things you have to do to yourself yeah exploit louisa <laughs> would, you, would you like to play a game <laughs> but you're jacking off during it your hair <laughs> oh no i'm thinking of more characters now do you think there's edward scissorhands asmr haircut? oh absolutely uh, does he even talk movie, though the movie edward scissorhands is asmr already there's so much of you the camera are being cut by his scissors and in those scenes, you hear nothing but scissor noises, opening and closing of scissor blades. Mm-hmm. It's it is the birth of a thousand horny ASMR people. Damn. I'm certain. Uh, oh no! Someone it is to ASMR cut. what the Disney Robin Hood is to furries. <laughs> Someone's made a supercut of just the cutting scenes in Edward's hands, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, no. Yes. I saw someone share on one of the. I think oh my god! It was share. Yeah, it was share. <laughs> Uh, no, I thought it was a. I think it was a Slack I was in. It might have been a Discord server, but they shared. Slack uh, with share. Uh huh. I'm gonna Slack with share. Uh, she's so always... many emojis. You can't even stand it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we had to rate limit her. Yep. <laughs> uh, someone shared a screenshot of ASMR positive affirmations at the dinner table. Hereditary. So someone turned the very stressful no. dinner scene from Hereditary into an ASMR thing. <laughs> oh God. It's just Tony Collette yelling, I am your mother, and doing, like, some real Oscar-type acting, and then someone was like, yeah, that is what makes my head tingle. Gross. What a dumb, goofy movie Hereditary was. Ah, but in such a fun way. Like, it's genuinely a bummer that Tony Collette did such a good job acting in that stupid movie. (laughs) See, I feel the opposite. I think that uh, when a movie is... Uh, goes for it that much that stupider is better. I guess that's true. If it had been more self-serious, it would have been entirely unenjoyable. Exactly. If it was, like, grounded in reality instead of, like, a bunch of headless bodies flying around, I would have been like, eh, that was okay. It was mostly just upsetting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think most horror movies nowadays are mostly just like, oh, I 
didn't want to see that. <laughs> um, at least Hereditary was like amusing, even though it was so dumb. Yeah, Midsummer. I definitely Midsummer definitely has uh, the the fun turned up to like eleven. Like I would watch I would watch Midsummer over and over. Hereditary. I was like, eh, I didn't need to watch that a second time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would ever watch it again. Although. Uh, Spoilers for the end of Hereditary, I guess. The scene at the end where his headless mom is, like, marrying him, question mark, is genuinely hilarious. Oh, man. that The ending, I think, is what divided people most on it. it I, I thought, I found myself, like, enraptured by the, the weirdness of just, like, yeah. yeah, there's headless bodies floating into the treehouse, and then we're doing a whole, like, crowning of a new devil king. Sure, and I'm just sitting there like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm very scared of this, but I think I think you flip a coin whether or not that was scary to you, or you went, no, I'm mad now. There was real feelings earlier in the movie. See, I feel neither. Like, I thought it was hilarious. I genuinely thought it was so funny. Like, I think that the the middle of it is scary and very disturbing and upsetting, and then I needed that emotional release of laughing at <laughs> I talked about this before, but Tony Collette flossing her own head off is so funny. No, that was easily the most upsetting part to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> All I know is whenever I hear a horror movie is good, in my mind, I falsely set up the expectation that it's because it showed you that the real evil in the world was humanity. But then movies like this one, you find out no, the real evil is the devil, and... Like, it seems, like, lesser to me than if it had been humanity. Yeah, we all already knew that about the devil. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, the bad guys are, the bad guys in this are not the devil. It's the people who are like, you know what would whip ass if we killed a bunch of people to make the devil show up? Well, yeah, but the idea that, the, the idea that supernatural things do happen, rather mm. than the horror of people who might think that and get caught up in it, but it's to no end. Yeah. Yeah, but I much prefer that because, like, the world that I live in is already a horror show of people who believe in dumb shit and then use it to do terrible things to other people. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer my escapism to be in a world where it's like, hey, yes, listen, I did a murder, but I did it because literally Satan is over there and he said he'd give me some money for me. <laughs> I I love the... Uh, the thing I like about that type of story is when you don't get confirmation as to whether the magic thing that's happening is actually related to the thing that the people were trying to get to happen... Like, yeah, we see we see some headless bodies flying around. Supernatural stuff happens. We don't know if the demon they were summoning is the one responsible for any of that. Like he doesn't Who else would He be? doesn't show up and give them money or anything. They just like kill a bunch of people and some mag- and they do some magic in the hopes that they will summon a demon who they we never actually see summoned to reward them. I mean, yes, but it would be a pretty big coincidence if this yeah, family that has a history of worshipping this one demon and then a different demon shows up. He's like, hey guys, listen. I, I, like- I know you're expecting someone else. But- <laughs> I'm not saying that they summoned a different demon. I'm saying, like, we know some kind of magic is real in no. this story. <laughs> No, the idea that there's some kind of magic that's real, but then at the end it's like, oh, but actually it was aliens. That's too weird. No, to be. that oh, that I don't like. <laughs> I didn't suggest that would be no, fun. A wizard a shows up at the end, like, ah, guys, I was just goofing on you. I'm not a demon. 
I like, uh, it's like paranormal activity. It seems like it's a poltergeist. And then they get a ghost hunter to come in and he's like, guys, this is not a ghost. You have a demon and I'm leaving. Uh, I thought that was a fun, a fun thing. Yeah, that distinction always fun. fucking infuriates me, though, because somebody comes in, they're like, hey, I thought it was a ghost, but it's actually an angry demon. And it's like, how is that functionally different? I mean, I think a, I think in, in most situations, a ghost is just kind of like energy that makes your tables fly around. It is not like an intelligent, malevolent force. A ghost is someone who's just vibing. Yeah, a ghost is just <laughs> vibing long after death. <laughs> they died so they died so tragically that they're just vibing forever now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, the difference between a haunted house and someone who is possessed by the devil or a devil. I'm just saying if you're the kind of bullshit artist who sells the services of I'm going to come into the house where an angry ghost is and fix that problem and then you show up and you're like, "Oh shit, it's actually a demon and I'm afraid of those ones." Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you yeah. already you're already billing yourself as a person who deals with unknowable horrors. There can't be some unknowable horrors that you're like, mm, this is too much even for me. No. That's I kind of the, the genius play, though, isn't it? To be like, I am an excellent uh, ghost whisperer, and I will get rid of ghosts in your house. Oh, you know what? You're too haunted, though. I can't help you. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, how do you maintain a business reputation if anytime you can't deal with the problem, you could be like, mm, sorry, it was a demon, not a ghost. Bye. I think that makes you more desirable and believable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because people are like, wow, this person really knows their stuff. Yeah, he can tell the difference between a ghost and a demon. I can't Mm -hmm. even tell the difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to hold up a a picture of Casper the Friendly Ghost and a tin of deviled ham to tell the difference. (laughs) Oh, they're both so cheerful and happy, though. Yeah, they're both like, one's just red and one's white. They're otherwise identical little little mascots. Yep, that's true. Am I I confusing deviled ham with little devil who is actually just red Casper? Yeah, because I have to hold up. The devil ham man is tall and skinny. He's like a Waluigi, but he's red. Mm, I had he's to the Waluigi Casper. to Casper's Wario. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had to get Casper tattooed on one forearm and yeah. the little devil tattooed on the other <laughs> forearm so that I could hold them both up to tell the difference when I encounter a supernatural being. Yeah, and so you know who to listen to when you get uh, those voices from your left. Yeah, and from your right. <laughs> yeah. An angel, a, a devil on one shoulder and a yeah. ghost on the other one. Oh, he couldn't get an angel. Sorry. Hot Stuff the Little Devil. Yeah, I didn't realize that like his name was Hot Stuff. That's awful. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> he looks just like Casper and Richie Rich and like all of these Harvey Comics little boys look identical. Yeah. <sighs> What'd you do this week, Louisa? <laughs> Alright, I played a game. Matt's gonna hate it. I'm not gonna talk about it long, but this is the DLC to the game, Animal Crossing which has different uh, mechanics to play. This is basically like the beginning of The Sims, where you spend mm, four hours designing the house for your Sims to live in before mm-hmm. you uh, start, quote-unquote, playing the game and then realize that's bullshit and then just design the house some more. Did you have the problem that I have every time I come back to a simulator game, like a, like a Civilization or whatever, mm-hmm. where you try to restart an old save file and all you can do is be like, why the fuck did I do this? <laughs> uh, for Animal Crossing, you mean? That I kind of did. I was like, why did I make these choices on my island? So then I just mm-hmm. renovated a ton of stuff. Yeah. but It just makes you hate yourself from like three yes. months ago. <laughs> but it's kind of satisfying to be like, well, this was dumb. Why was I worried about changing it? I'm going to change it all right now, and I love it now. So. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> I make great decisions now. Past yeah, but you thought you were making great decisions then also. That's the problem. Uh, always be improving, I guess. We can tell ourselves we're always improving. Even if we're just changing um, things a little bit, right? I guess. This is the this this is the this DLC is basically the same as Happy Home Designer on the 3DS, right? Yes. So, if people don't know, it has sort of a plot, but basically the idea is your little character talks to little creatures who are like, "I want a, a vacation home, please. I would love it to have an amazing kitchen." So then you design like a very kitchen-centric little house for them, and it's very cute and they're very happy. I- I appreciate that it's at least goal-oriented. There's, like, guidance there, which is the problem I've always had with Animal Crossing. Yes. I know that you don't like that. Did you like The Sims designing the houses there? Because it's so very similar to that. I did, but there was a progression loop there that I could get my teeth into of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to make this room so that my Sim guy can get super good at guitar so that he can become a rock star or whatever. Okay, that's um, fair. Yeah, you don't really... This is like setting up a little diorama and then just kind of leaving it. Like, the yep. the creature's happy, but you don't really interact with them beyond that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I could get into Animal Crossing if there was an end point or, like, a goal to be working towards overall. And mm. I, I just don't... Like, even if it was as simple as, you know, there's a meter in the corner that says how happy the people on your island are, and once it gets to 10,000, you get infinite money or whatever mm. the thing is like, no the goal is to pay off your house <laughs> and then you stop playing after you pay off your house <laughs> yeah life's over at that point just like I mean, in the that's real true world in real life too that's why all the boomers are mm-hmm. looking for stuff to do starting insurrections uh anyway i really love like the thing about this expansion is in the real game if you want a um, Nordic table. Like, that's an item. It looks kind of like a fancy Ikea piece. If you want a Nordic table, you're going to have to either hope it's available in the store, or you're going to have to go collect wood to build one if you have the recipe, that sort of thing. But in the home designing portion, you just have this menu of things to use. So you can just be like, yeah, I want to do a whole Nordic furniture set in this room. And it's fun to just play around. It's like a sandbox kind of which I really enjoy. It's very relaxing. You're like, pink walls, maybe blue, and then you're changing all the linens to match. It's fun. Mm. So I highly recommend it for someone who wants a very slow-paced game that doesn't have any um, limits on you, basically. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I I like the uh, idea of doing something kind of like chill. Yeah, being like, all right, this is going to be a coffee shop. Now I want to have walls with windows, but then I want the back walls to just be red brick. And like, I get all into that. <laughs> I really mm. like that. So I will. I do think that the Animal Crossing soundtrack does a good job of being the thing that it needs to be for the vibe of the sh- the game. Just kind of soothing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, did I tell you guys about? There's like a plugin you can get for Google. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, that will just play the background music of Animal Crossing based on the time of day and weather in where you're at in real life. Mm-hmm. That's pretty I good. Think that's pretty good. Sometimes <laughs> it's quite relaxing and nice. I do like in Animal Crossing when it reaches the hour, uh, your town hall chimes like three o'clock, and then the mu- the background music subtly changes to the three o'clock music, and you're like, yep. oh yeah, this is a whole new vibe. I love this. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it signals you of, like, this is... Now you're shifting into a different part of the day. Yes. Uh, 
I don't know if you can play this game as a standalone. I think maybe you have to have an Animal Crossing game to start playing it. I was wondering about that. It references your own island and No, stuff. it's not available standalone. It is only DLC for New Horizons. Okay. But if anyone's playing New Horizons, I recommend this game as an interesting, relaxing thing. And it does have a sort of goals in that after you design, like, a number of successful houses, uh, the game, people in the game tell you, like, oh, I've come up with an idea to partition rooms. So you get new things that you can then use back on your own island. So it enhances the original game that way. Yeah, I, I would... Uh, I would recommend if uh, if you haven't played Animal Crossing New Horizons at all, like maybe you got a Switch afterwards, but you're an Animal Crossing head, but you're like, oh, I don't want to get it because everyone already stopped playing. It's basically a whole new game now with the DLC and the 2.0 update. Yeah, it really is. There's like an additional game's worth of <laughs> game in there. Even, even if you don't buy the DLC, there's so much more to do. That's true. And it used to be that you couldn't get things... Unless you were very lucky and waited a long time, or you traded with other people, and they've taken away the need to trade for certain things you want, which is very nice. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? <laughs> the furniture? Oh, you haven't really been playing. No, I haven't been playing very much, so I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. On the mar- Marketplace Island, you can have the llama uh, pair, Reese and Cyrus, move in, mm. and they will customize anything that you can't customize yourself. Like, if you get the race car bed in the store, and you one day there's a red race car bed there, you buy it, <clears throat> but you're like, oh, I really wanted the green race car bed, though. And you can't do anything about that in the game. But now, you can take it to Reese and Cyrus, and they will pay it green for you. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, so, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, so, I've also been playing a new video game that I find very relaxing. Metroid. Uh, nope, I beat that one already and then stopped playing it, but I do keep thinking, hmm, what if I just like Metroid Dread again? Uh, <laughs> no, this week, uh, on Friday was released, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, the remakes of the fourth oh, yeah. generation games. Um, I'm about four hours into Brilliant Diamond and it is so extremely, like, straightforward of a remake of that game in a way that I am enjoying. Okay, I never played the original, and I don't think I'm going to get back into Pokemon until the new uh, game comes out in January. Mm. So, oh, the Ar- Arceus or whatever it is, yeah, Pokemon Arceus. Legends Arceus, yeah, Legends. yeah. yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm interested in that. I feel like I don't need to play any more of the same formula of Pokemon games after <laughs> Sword and Shield. Like you've already they, caught them all. I mean, yes, like Sword and Shield <laughs> was like this is the best we can do at this formula, and now. You never need to play another Pokemon game. See, to me, I wanted something a little more traditional and classic than Sword and Shield was offering, which I'm getting out of this one. Because mm-hmm. um, Sword and Shield is like, it's it expands on some stuff and pairs down other stuff. Like, the main adventure traveling through is in no way challenging or even really time-consuming, uh, I think it's maybe, I think it maybe took me like 10 hours from start to, uh, beating the final boss, uh, which is like a third of the length of the first Game Boy games for me. Um, and this is, uh, but like, you know, they expanded on in the wild area stuff is awesome. That is 
ceaselessly cool. It realizes the dream of a Pokemon MMO, and, like, there's raid battles. Love it. Uh, I ended up playing an additional, like, 20 or 30 hours, like, going around the wild area and doing, like, the DLC stories. That was fun. Uh, but, you know, I kind of just want a, like, uh, like, moderately challenging single-player Pokemon adventure, eight gyms, Elite Four, caves with puzzles in them, stuff like that. And that's what I'm getting out of this one. That's pretty good. Do they add any new Pokemon to the uh, update? So far, no. And I keep meaning to look and see if there's, uh, new features or anything, but if there's... I, I don't want to spoil myself in case there's something, like, really cool in there. Because uh, yeah. most of the remakes in the past have added something really cool. I was going to say, I saw a while ago a <clears throat> picture of a new type of grow life that looked different. And I don't know if it was for this game or for something else. But you haven't seen a new grow life with different hair. No, that's for that, that's for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're doing uh, Hisuian region exclusives for that game, because I guess it takes place a long time ago in a sort of new region, so there's a lot of, like... We... Was... Mm, just like Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, made, we made this Pokemon look like an old-timey Japanese painting with all of the soft spirals and swirls on it. <laughs> um, did... They introduced the idea of variants in X and Y, is that right? Or is it before that? Regional variants, I think, show up in... Was X and Y the first game? I think it was Sun and Moon. I don't think there's regional variants in X and Y, is there? Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it was a big deal that Alolan types were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a fucking brilliant idea, and everyone talked about it so much. I can't believe they didn't come out with that sooner. That has been... (laughs) fucking annoying for me personally, (laughs) though. Yeah. Because I want to check off all of the boxes in the list, and yeah. did I check off the box if I didn't get the Alolan variant of, you know, Blastoise or whatever? Like, fuck. Oh, it's so annoying. I love it. <laughs> I yeah. give them their own Pokedex entry, and then I'm on board. But if it's the same number, it I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, what I like about it is it has spawned perhaps the, uh, most prolific period of Pokemon fan art in history. Uh, like, anytime I click to go search for an individual profile on Instagram, all of the things in the search that are like, hey, you should look at this instead of the thing you're trying to go look at, are all like, hey, we've redesigned a bunch of Pokemon to be from this different (laughs) themed region. And I'm like... Yeah, that's cool. That's cool as hell. It's kind of the um, uh, too much information uh, polluting the well kind of idea, though, because if you if someone says, oh, did you see that cool new whatever, uh, yeah, Blastoise, you try to go look it up on a search engine and your results are absolutely flooded with very good art from unofficial people. Of the Pokemon trainers fucking each other, because that's all Pokemon fan art is, as far as I can tell. Mm, no, people em. make a lot of their own ideas of what this Blastoise would look like, and then you it's impossible to find the official one, because yeah. Pokemon art is so simple that a lot of people are able to copy the style extremely well. Yeah. Apparently, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but apparently... There were some of the trainers from Sword and Shield that people got extremely horny for, and there was, like, Mm. a ton of, like, Rule 34 fan art of it or whatever, 
but I'm just mystified that anyone remembers who any of the trainers from Sword and Shield were. Uh, <laughs> I remember Other than that dragon guy who was very cool and the old lady. I genuinely don't even remember that there were other p- trainers. What about They're the punks? Too. Yeah, that grimy skunk oh, hair yeah. guy and his sister. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's good. Was he uh, a gym? What didn't it wasn't a thing that they didn't have a gym because they were yeah they were just live in the garbage can or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, I, I like that, um, that mean boy who becomes the fairy type gym leader, even though he's, oh, like, yeah. very clearly set up to be, like, a poison or dark type trainer. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Oh, boy. What a good game that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess my point is none of the people we've talked about so far, except for that dragon guy, I can see anyone ever being horny over. So, like... Were people just looking for a reason to be horny? No, no I people think... are always looking for a reason to be horny. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Uh, I do think people were uh, horny for the, the punks, though, just because dirty British punks are something that everyone's horny for. I mean, I'm not, but I understand why you would be, so maybe that's just my bias. Yeah, but about... as Louisa has accused us of before, you and I just are obsessed with women who would put out a cigarette on us. <laughs> yes. Wait, I'm in this? <laughs> You admitted to it at one point, yes. Did I? Okay, I just... I forgot the context. Not the putting out a cigarette on me, though, surely, because I'm so afraid of harm to my delicate... Well, sure. <laughs> but in the context of a mean woman with dark lipstick. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes, okay, yeah. We're, yeah, we're all on board with that. I just watched Cruella <laughs> this week, and I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, it's a pretty good movie, you guys. It's is weird that, that it's a that good movie. Stone? I forget uh-huh. if they even call anything. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's on Disney yeah, Plus now. It. It's it's fine. It's like dumb, but fine. Yeah, all, the actors do a good job. They, yeah. they, oh boy, the plot is such. A, they really have to go to a lot of effort to make you think that uh, the the cartoon lady who loves to kill puppies and skim them is actually good. <laughs> yeah, as you're watching it, if you're gonna watch it, you have to go in and be like, I'm watching an original character named Cruella that has no relationship to the one in the animated movie. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. Or you have to be like, uh, that other one was propaganda by Big Puppy, and this one is the true story. Yeah. Like, like Wicked style. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl. Um. Oh, yeah. What, what, uh, what region is that set in? And you're going to give me the real answer, but that's not what I want. I want to know what region of the regular human Earth it's supposed to be replicating. That is the last one that was set in a, just, uh, uh, what you call it? Just a prefecture of Japan. Okay. okay. Um, it, the, it is called Sinnoh and used to be called Hisui, uh, and what is the what is it based on in the real world? Hokkaido. Okay. Um, but yeah, after that, the fifth gen games were the ones that take place in in New York City, baby. Yeah, greatest garbage. Pokemon city Pokemon. in the world. <laughs> yeah, I friggin' ice cream cones and garbage and a, a nuclear weapon that guys. lives under the Statue of Liberty. It's crazy. I think that's when I got back on board with the series because. It was trying something new, at least. Yeah. I, I like Gen 5 quite a bit, because you can't get any old Pokemon until you beat the game, which I think is great. That's a wonderful decision to make. Yes. Um, but I have a lot of affection for Gen 4, just because it's sort of like the the uh, last of that, that classic flavor era. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It seems like everyone who plays it is having a great time. Yep. Are you uh, doing a Nuzlocke run, Jeff? No, I'm n- not good enough at Pokemon for that. I, I take too many risks, and I don't want to play in a way that involves taking fewer risks, because I'm not a coward. <laughs> I Wait. hate the idea of giving up your Pokemon. Like, I don't want to do a run like that, because no, I have to catch them all. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Matt, what'd you do this week? Okay, I have a few things that I want to chat about, um, and so the first couple are going to be quick. First of all, this is something that is going to appeal to each of you individually, but the overall of it is going to appeal to neither of you. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Um, A new unexpected thing came out this past week uh, that is a ROM hack, Jeff, Yes. (laughs) of Final Fantasy VI, Louisa. Mm, Okay. Uh, it is the most popular ROM hack of Final Fantasy VI in Japan, and somebody just translated it all to English and put it out, like, out of nowhere this past week. And it was the same guy who did the fan translation of uh, Mother 3 and some other stuff, so he's, like, very good at what he does. Um, and so it's called Final Fantasy VI T Edition. Um, T, like... T-E-A or the letter T? T, like just the letter T. It's the first letter of the name of the guy in Japan who made the ROM hack. Um, And so it's a... It's just the... It's the same plot as the original Final Fantasy VI, but there's a lot of balancing stuff in it so that it's not quite so goofy in the later game. (laughs) With the opera Uh, that you have to perform in perfectly? (laughs) No, I mean, I think that's the same. I haven't gotten there yet, but... But apparently there's stuff like, you know, like, once you get the jewel box where you cast every spell four times, and then you get the spell Ultima, you can just win every fight by casting Ultima once at the beginning, and then it's over. Uh So they they tweaked some of that stuff so it's not quite so goofy. Um, But also there's, like, side quests in every town you go to. You can go to the bar, and they're like, hey, the local cave is full of monsters can you go and take care of them and then if you do you get this special relic or whatever so that's cool uh you get costumes for your characters that change their abilities so like you can dress up edgar in like a different like a vampire outfit and it does different things so that's (laughs) very exciting um it seems like a pretty cool change also the dialogue is way better like way better regionalized than the original it could hardly Uh, be worse yeah (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) um so yeah i mean i'm not that far into it yet but like i've been wanting to replay final fantasy 6 anyway uh and it's it's interesting it's different enough that like it's exciting to be like i don't know i genuinely don't know what tools are going to be available in the store for Edgar to buy. It could be new ones I've never seen before. Mm, pretty cool. Um, yeah, so so that's cool. I think that's interesting. I know that, like, Louisa, you have no interest in figuring out how to make a ROM hack work on your computer. True. And Jeff, you have no interest in Final Fantasy VI, so, like, neither of you are going to do it, but you probably both would enjoy it if you did. <laughs> it's entirely possible that I would give this a shot if I had, uh, if I ever redeveloped the attention span for a JRPG. That That isn't Pokemon. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Um, I've put about four hours into it, and I'm almost at the first part where the plot starts happening. <laughs> mm. I remember I played that in probably high school or middle school, on an emulator, and I think I got 
to maybe the second of the chapters that you do after the whole party gets split apart. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can like choose who you go follow, uh, and I yeah. think I think I did two of those and then stopped, which is probably not very far into the game at all. It's pretty far; it's about halfway through. The oh, okay, one. that's not bad then. Yeah, so you're doing all right. Um, anyway, Final Fantasy VI is one of the top five RPGs of all time. I think no one would argue that it's not. Um, and so, if you listening are the kind of person who is is willing to do the work to get a ROM hack to work on your computer and likes that extremely good video game, I recommend seeking it out. It's not hard to find. Final Fantasy VI T edition. Um, Okay. Uh, Other things that I wanted to talk about, I watched um, uh, the... Well, I I was going to talk a little bit about watching, like, Shang-Chi and Cruella, but we talked about that enough. Which one is Shang-Chi again? You mentioned it and I don't remember it's, anymore. It's the, it was the Marvel movie that came out over at the beginning of the summer uh, that no one really ca- cared about, but it's... Mm-hmm. It's got the guy from Kim's Convenience playing a, a, yeah. a martial arts superhero. Yes. Uh, is this the Legend Aquafina. of the Ten Rings? Is that yes. part of the yeah. name? Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember this a little more now. Um... And first of all, that, like, I've watched a little bit of Kim, Kim's Convenience, and that actor is very charming in it. He's even more charming in this, and that really makes the movie work. Yeah. Um, mm. Because otherwise the movie is, like, fine, a fine kung fu movie, mostly. Um, but the fact that he is so likable makes you genuinely care about it, so... Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was much, much better than it had any right to be, given that it was like a C tier Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. it's sort of one of those like, well, we're uh, we gotta set up new heroes as the contracts for the other ones run out, and we can no longer afford to put Scarlett Johansson or Robert Downey Jr. in a uh, rubber costume. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, it'll be like he'll be a fun one to see play alongside some of the other guys. Yes, yeah, I, he is as likable as Paul Rudd, and if they ever get a movie where they're both in it, I would watch the fuck out of that. That would be an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just gonna say Marvel's been really smart about expanding their um their secondary cast i think so like we get to see a lot more uh benedict wong hanging out uh as 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 wong from doctor strange uh and then we also have like on the disney plus shows you never know who they're gonna pull in from a thor movie from 10 years ago uh (laughs) it's just like it's i i think that's really smart like we might end up conceivably getting a project where Aquafina gets to hang out with Hawkeye or something. <laughs> yeah. All I know funny. is about Marvel is the actress who plays Sif will appear in literally anything as Sif for you. <laughs> Whatever you want to have her be in, she'll do it. <laughs> I do think I do think it's funny watching Shang-Chi how explicitly made to sell in Chinese markets it is. Interesting. <laughs> Where you are watching it, and, like, there's many, many jokes where it's like, mm, yeah, well, you know, Americans are all lazy. <laughs> and you're like, wait, is this not for me? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a an interesting thing. Disney has recognized that, like, the second biggest, uh, well, probably right now the biggest film market in the world, because they have uh, a more lock on making sure COVID isn't spreading, uh, 
they've like they've really been gearing towards that and i'm glad that their strategy now is to like make movies with chinese american actors instead of like making the black people in your movie smaller on the poster when you release the poster in china which is what they were doing for some of the star warses which was not yeah didn't feel good no i mean and it's it is weird when you watch a movie and you're like this movie is made more to appeal to another culture than the one it was made in. Yeah. Um, But I don't hate it. I kind of enjoyed that. They used to, um, I think in Iron Man 2 or 3, there's an additional scene in the Chinese theatrical release where a celebrity who is famous in China but not here plays a news reporter talking about Iron Man's, like, fight. And, like, that is only in the Chinese theatrical release and probably home video, but it's like they're instead of doing that, like, well, you get a separate version with some pandering, it's like, no, we're going to, like you know, hire Chinese people to make Chinese movies so that they'll sell in China. Yeah. <laughs> like Chloe Zhang, dir- or Chloe Zhao directed uh, Eternals. Mm, is... I have not watched that yet, but I will at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, that that one's fun. I don't know how well it will have done in China, but um, I think the, the fact that they are, you know, making an effort to have uh, more globally diverse uh, creators is, is good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I mean, for all that the rest of it was kind of blah, like, some of the fight scenes that are not involving using magic to blow up each other are pretty good. Like, the just fighting on the side of a building stuff is pretty good in this movie, you guys. Yeah, I'm really glad that uh, whatever happened in Hollywood to make punching and kicking in movies good is uh, good again. Yes. For a while there, it was real. Uh, it was real born identity, like shaky cam, can't tell who's punching whose type stuff. Yeah, and there's definitely some of. I mean, not that part, but there's some of the bad Hollywood stuff in this movie. Specifically, the fact that like the big climactic fight sequence between the two main characters, the main good guy and the main bad guy, is immediately followed by uh, like twenty minute long CGI vomit of a dragon fighting Cthulhu. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Who gives a shit about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so strange because, like, I feel like they Marvel got pretty subversive with this in, say... I, I don't think they've been subversive since, uh, and I don't think it was subversive at the time, but maybe in retrospect is. Infinity War in which the climax of it is they're all punching a guy who's not really reacting to the punches and is just kind of, like, walking through all of them not getting fought the way all the other bad guys have gotten fought, and then at the end, Spider-Man dies. <laughs> and, like, that, that, is a, that is a cool and fun thing to do after you've set the expectations but now to go back and just be like yeah we're gonna have two we're gonna have the the good guy with his blue laser powers and the bad guy with his purple or red laser powers and they're going to shoot their laser powers at each other while a dragon fights cthulhu in the background yeah see i hear what you're saying jeff but i actually think the exact opposite of that is what happens in infinity war because While you do want it to be Thanos being like, no one can harm me, so I don't care about this fight. 
Like, there's a sequence where Captain America punches Thanos, and Thanos is like, I guess I'll stop and fight you now. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Like, this is a guy who has survived being hit in the face with a literal moon. You're telling me that Captain America punching him made any difference at all? Ah, oh, but that's Thanos' true weakness, hubris. Yeah. Well, he, he Captain America catches his hand, and so he was like, oh, it was slightly impressive. How? But I think he then How does just... Ca- no, no, no. Okay, can't go ahead. Yeah, this. let's go for it. How could Captain America catch Thanos' punch when literally the scene before, Thanos punched a planet in half? Uh, Captain America is very strong, Matt. Maybe you didn't he know. He punched a fucking planet in half! <laughs> I don't think that... I think at that point, Thanos was using his regular purple guy strength and not any Why? of the magic glove powers. Why would he ever do that? Because so that's can, just that's some a, guy. That's the only but way he so? get turned on if there's some danger to it. Yeah. Like, why would he bother going through the effort of because using his magic space win. rocks? Right, if but he didn't expect he needed to use the magic to fight did, that guy. If it doesn't... If it doesn't cost him anything to use his full strength, why wouldn't he just do that all the time? I think it There's does. There's no reason to pull his punches. He gets all burned in half when he finally does his thing he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, but he fucking rewrites the laws of reality with all five <laughs> gemstones. But earlier we see him turn uh, David Batista into a jack-in-the-box and it doesn't even blink. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he was just like, ah, this is a regular guy. I'm just going to, like, smack him with normal strength while I'm on why? my way. But why? Like, would... Okay, if you had a flamethrower and you were clearing out a, let's say, a... This is going to be the wildest metaphor I've ever heard. You're, you've, ju- you've just bought an acre's worth of jungle and you're clearing it out with your flamethrower. Uh-huh. Why? No, I yeah, am very relatable. That. No, just right. No, yeah, yeah, no, just... This is normal. Uh... <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> then you walk past an anthill. Are you going to flamethrower the anthill? No, you're probably just going to step on it. Whoa, wait, hold on. Your not... idea is that you won't flamethrower the anthill? Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm going to do that. I'm no. definitely doing that. Overkill. I'm definitely going to do that over stepping on it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, then what if the ants crawl up my leg? That would be bad. No, these aren't big yeah. jo- These are normal ants. So? I don't I, want ants on me regardless of their size. Listen, every if I'm holding a flamethrower, everything in the world looks like an anthill that needs to be set on fire. <laughs> yeah, when all this you have is a flamethrower, <laughs> everything looks like an acre of jungle that you just purchased on the black market. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if the thing that I've dedicated my entire life to achieving is ten feet in front of me, mm-hmm. and something comes between me and it and is like, my whole deal right now is to stop you from getting the thing you want. Why on earth would I not leverage all of what I have to make that person go away? I guess it's more like you're on your way to go achieve your life's goal and like a moth flies in your face and you're just like, huh? puh, puh, and you like swat the moth away instead of shooting your yeah, gun at just, it. I, <laughs> when I'm swatting a moth away, I'm never like, Mm, this moth probably can't withstand my full SWAT strength, so I'm going to SWAT it less than I could my maximum SWAT strength, which I save only for dragonflies. Like, I don't do that. No, <laughs> in, this, does that. in this case, his maximum SWAT strength is is firing a bazooka. 
And you're not going to fire a bazooka at a moth. You're just going to swat it away. And then if for some reason the moth say- caught your hand while you were swatting away, you'd be surprised. What What I'm saying... No, 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 no. Because in your metaphor, the bazooka would be like unwriting Captain America from reality. And I get why he doesn't do that, because sure. like, that's a whole other thing. But if you're strong enough to punch the Incredible Hulk unconscious... You should be able to just be like, oh, Captain America is here. My first punch, rather than punching weak enough that he, a human could catch it, I'm just going to punch him hard enough that all of his bones turn to jelly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? I think that you're underestimating how strong Captain America is. He's fought, he's he's fought the Hulk fucking... in hand-to-hand combat. I think you're underestimating how much Thanos secretly wants to uh, yeah. lose to superheroes. He wants to be and dominated by Chris Evans. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. He, <laughs> the beginning of Endgame, they show up and he's like, Oh, yeah, Avengers, please don't defeat me. Avenge me, daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the other thing I wanted to talk about very briefly is that I've watched the first three episodes of the new Cowboy Bebop Netflix series, and a bunch of people are mad about it, but it's extremely good, you guys. And oh, really no! Enjoy. I'm not going to watch it because it's, as far as I can tell, just a worse version of the other thing that I'm already ambivalent about. It is... <laughs> okay, this is the thing that's going to get people very mad at me. I don't think it's worse than the anime. Go on. Fair enough. It's certainly different. Um, the anime is like... My opinion is it would be hard to make anything worse than an anime. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone be mad at Louisa. Yeah, now. go ahead. No, that's I accurate. Anime is bad. And become stronger. Um, I think that uh, the anime is good because it is like much more about vibing than it is about storytelling. Okay. Um, and so it, it sort of subverts your expectations in that it's not trying to tell a cohesive story as much as it is trying to evoke a mood yeah um and i i very much enjoy that the thing about the live action show is that most of what it's trying to do seems to be sort of tongue-in-cheek making fun of its own source material and i love that okay Like, it's so aware of the things that were good about the anime series in a way that even people who love the anime series aren't aware of it, Um, where it's, like, willing to not take itself seriously, but still have the characters take themselves seriously, so that we, the audience, are relieved from the burden of having to, like, care about their melodrama so much. Um, it's great. I really enjoy it. Uh, The fight sequences are cool and weird and not like anything I've ever seen in live action before. Um, it's like if, um, what's that guy's name? Edgar Wright. Wright. If Edgar Wright directed, like, Old Boy, it's great. It's really good. (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. Uh, We got, we did get Spike Lee directing Old Boy and it wasn't good. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's pretty close. I don't think Spike Lee and Edgar Wright are similar in directing styles at all. In that they're uh, both well-beloved stylistic auteurs. <laughs> yeah, but that's like being like, yeah. I mean, Jackson Pollock and Matisse are basically the same, right? Like, I don't know. Uh... They're both good, but at extremely different things. They both at least make movies. <laughs> what is, like, that is such a worthless comparison. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, we got a movie that was called Old Boy that was made by a guy who makes movies already, so I think we get it. That's how <laughs> Hollywood works, Matt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point of what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is that enough of a recommendation according to Hollywood? Yes, yes it is. Yes, that's true. But my point that I was trying to make is to see martial arts movies done in the style that you would see in, like, a Scott Pilgrim or a Baby Driver, where it's, like, kind of like an action comic at times, Mm -hmm. um, but with extremely well-choreographed fights and, like, ultra-violence is cool and not something I've ever seen before, and I really enjoy it, so. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say uh, that... Scott Pilgrim versus the world is just Spike Lee for white people. I don't <laughs> know why you keep saying this one. It's like such a I'm trying wild, to think of, an uncalled for comparison. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a Spike Lee movie besides Do the Right Thing, and I don't think that I have. Inside Man is quite good. That's a sort of crime thriller. Uh, it's hard to trying to figure out in what way they're stylistically similar. Wait, he did Malcolm X, right? Not particularly similar. I'm just uh, taking a stand because it's fun. Did Uh, Malcolm X? Yes, and Black Klansman. That was a recent one. Didn't see that. Malcolm X, though, he did very straight ahead, like. I really wanted to see Black Klansman. I have to remember to look that up. Yep, it's good. I like it. Um. I think that's oh he did he did the the Son of Sam movie from the nineties Summer of Sam there was with John Leguizamo in it yeah there was a there was a time in the early two thousands where he was doing kind of like straightforward action thrillers and that that's yeah, that's say. fun I like that uh, anyway um, but yeah if you like the anime you'll probably hate it but I like it all right uh, the, there we go. the Netflix series is good and like. I was worried when I saw the trailers that they were just going to do shot-for-shot remakes of all the episodes, and that's not at all what is happening. Um, They do... All of the episodes are, like, the the same plots as the anime, and there are some scenes that are shot-for-shot identical, but, like, it's like if two different authors got the same writing prompt and wrote two different short stories around that writing prompt... Hmm. Um, where you kind of see, I mean, what it's really like for anime fans, which I know neither of you really are, but, um, when they did Full Metal Alchemist and then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, that tells the exact same story, but every part of it is different, that's what it feels like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to go watch Full Metal Alchemist, because I read it, and Brotherhood is the accurate adaptation of the manga, yeah. Uh, that they made once it finished, but I want to go watch both series because I I like the idea of, oh yeah, there's an alternate version. Yeah, I think mean, both of them are good, and it's very bizarre how, like, to the point, they're, they're similar enough that it's hard to remember which things happened in which of the two series, but also uh, it's it's exciting that it sort of allows them to explore other angles of the same story that they were telling. Hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I liked both of the Full Metal Alchemists, and I liked the anime of Cowboy Bebop, and I'm also really enjoying the live-action ones, so I highly recommend it, even though literally no one else seems to enjoy it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, alright. If you, if you like watching a bad kung fu movie, or if you like watching, like, um, what's a good example of, like, a Edgar Wright movie that people enjoy? I guess, like... Well, Baby Driver is the most popular one, probably, yeah. 
Probably. I don't know that Baby Driver fits the vibe, though, just because Baby Driver is actually quite sad. Hot Fuzz, maybe? Yeah, Hot Fuzz has has much more of the, the it's like feeling. It's like action, it. and they're like trying to do the right thing, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and like... Mm, so it's a lot like hot. do the right thing, you would say. <laughs> Whoops! Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, uh, Jeff caught us in his legalese. <laughs> um... No, in the same way that Hot Fuzz is a comedy that you laugh at, but the situation that the character's in for them is actually quite serious and yes. scary, that is how this is. Yes, okay. that's a good comparison, Louisa. Okay, good. I do like Hot Fuzz. I don't yeah. think I'm going to watch this show, though. <laughs> I think you might like it. Like you have now to I'm ex- intrigued. You have to accept how stupid it's going to be going in, mm-hmm. but if you can get past that, it's... It's pretty good. I don't know. Mm, I'm enjoying right. it. Yeah, just instead of uh, instead of British people in 1912, just imagine that it's um, space. Does Jeff think that Hot Fuzz <laughs> takes place in 1912? No, but Louisa's favorite favorite stupid TV shows oh, all take place I in see. 1912 Britain. Oh man, yeah, I saw exactly where that went, but I also thought, wait, <laughs> Hot Fuzz was definitely not 1912. No, no. I thought for a second I was wrong, and I'm like, wait. <laughs> Am I confusing yeah, Hot you Fuzz with back, another movie? If you think back at all the details, they didn't <laughs> have cars or telephones oh, that's or anything. Right. That's why they liked Cornettas so much, because they yeah. were invented in 1912. Yeah, there's a whole, uh... <laughs> there's a, a, a whole f- a flashback, like, a at the end, like, uh, what's a... Kaiser Soze <laughs> flashback yes. of, like, of yes. someone <laughs> writing a letter instead of... Picking Remember up how phone? that one guy kept talking about how there was going to be a war <laughs> with the Franco-Prussian Empire? Remember yeah. how that one guy kept holding up a telephone and saying, hey, you know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. Yeah. Remember that one guy kept being like, ah, I love the very much alive Archduke Franz Ferdinand the <laughs> First. The Titanic is never going to sink. <laughs> it's called Unsinkable, uh, Scott Simon Pegg. Oh, man. I almost called him Scott Pegg. That's nothing. Okay, so what do we do on this show, you ask? Well, we uh, go to WikiHow, and we put Eventually. a word into the suggested <laughs> articles page yep. uh, so that we can get a list of the things that people are asking how to do related to that random word. And today's random word is cottage. Nice. Cool. We're going to learn how to cottage. Put a bunch of... Put a bunch of air horn noises here. Blam, 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 with your mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I'm not going to do that. No, you're not. That's fine. Um, yeah, cottages. That's I'm surprised. Good. None of these, as far as I can tell, are about cottage core, which I do like. Although a lot of them are uh, related to cottage core in that you're trying to make things look like a cottage, which is what cottage core is, yeah, really. Louise, I think you're thinking of the rival website Wiki What, where people can ask, what is cottage core? <laughs> yes. No, I already know it's about being a cottage. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, these are all like how to. Like, no one would ask how to be cottage core. I don't think. These are all, like, the, the next level of granularity below that. Like, I've already committed to being cottage core, so now can you tell me how to design a cottage garden? Yeah, how, um, you need a lot of... Uh, Thatched roofs. Wildflowers mm. are big in cottage gardens, right? That's yes, the thing? Yes, that's true. And, like, I feel like your cottage garden needs to smell like a witch lives there. Mm, so bad. How did you say that? It smells mm, like, like spaghetti of, coming out of an infinite pot. Like an olive garden. Jeff only knows one witch, and it's Greg 
<laughs> yeah, men only want one thing, and it's Dragonona's pot. Well, I mean, that is true of me personally. <laughs> um, no, I feel like the thing about a cottage garden is that it needs to have a bunch of plants that you're like, wow, that's a pretty ugly flower. I wonder why they planted that. And then you find out later, it's like, oh, but that cures, you know, St. Saint, Saint Elmo's fire or whatever. Guys, do you yeah. ever forget the two things have the same name? Because I just looked up uh, cottage to look up some pictures of cottages. And one of the right. pictures was labeled Anne Hathaway's Cottage. And I was like, oh, right. it's weird that the actress Anne Hathaway has it. Oh, right. Shakespeare's wife. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying two things were called cottage that were different. No, no. Things. Two things are called Anne Hathaway that are different things. <laughs> what is the other thing, meaning of the word cottage that Anne Hathaway, is it something to do with Catwoman? <laughs> Her yeah. retirement cottage in France. Yeah. Catwoman or Anne Hathaway? Catwoman! <laughs> They're the same, Matt. Uh-oh. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Um, so I want to say about a cottage garden, simple. You just need silver bells and cockle shells. And silver bells. all in a row at the end. You can't plant maids in your garden unless you're a serial killer. Oh my god. You know I'm right. <laughs> you're taking things too literally. That's my job on this show, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, how to get to Craven Cottage. That sounds like a location in Bloodborne. Uh, so I'm <laughs> going to say, be. yeah, it might be. Uh, it the is Cravens a football stadium in Fulham. Ah, shit. I was going to say the Cravens are characters in uh, the Secret Garden, but they have a mansion because they are rich. Mm. So Cra- <laughs> Craven West Cottage. Craven. Ooh, West Craven Maybe. Cottage. Ooh. Yeah, is it, mm. is it, is it like a Dracula thing? Uh, Craven Cottage sounds like the evil version of Cottagecore. Yes, it does. Mm. Speaking of the evil version, there's another one here. How to get rid of bats at a cottage. You don't want to if it's going to be an evil cottage. Mm. Can you believe Wes Craven uh, was an American man with the name Wesley Earl Craven? (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) It's wild. If only he'd been a NASCAR driver. (laughs) Yeah, then it would make sense that his name was Wes Earl Craven. He either has to be a British lord or a NASCAR driver. Those are the only two options. But no, he's just some horror movie director from Cleveland. A guy who sits around all day and thinks of ghost murderers is pretty good. Like, that's a pretty good name, actually. Wesley Craven. Yeah, I guess guess so. Yeah, you're right. It's the Earl that threw me off. (laughs) If he was the Earl of Craven, then I see where you're talking. Nice, nice. Could you get rid of bats at your cottage by just making it really cold all the time? You can invite yeah, with some kind of winter spell. Uh, you invite Anne Hathaway over with uh, her Catwoman costume. <laughs> She'll eat all the bats. Uh, <laughs> first, you lost sir, commitment to that uh, joke halfway through. Yeah. And you kept going. Yep. Uh, Louisa, before you cast that that uh, winter, winter spell, spell, you need to mm-hmm. make sure you winterize your cottage. Uh, how to, to winterize winter's bone? Mm, no, uh, that's not on the list. Winterize a cottage is though. To winterize a cottage, I think you need to knit a cottage cozy out of really thick wool, <laughs> and then you just slip that over the entire. Uh huh. Yeah, you have to use that it. shit that's like saran wrap, but you put it over your windows to keep drafts from getting in. I haven't used it. I've seen it though. It I probably. Terrible. Have. I don't know. Yeah, it sucks. I haven't used like, it personally, I should say. I've used it, and uh, it does work, but it sucks that it has to work. How, okay. how to make dry cottage cheese. 
Um, put it in a colander and all the liquid is going to come out, like, easy. I didn't yeah, know I mean, this existed. Probably a, <laughs> right. What is that, like, freeze-dried cheese stuff? You oh, know what I'm I don't know. About? I know what it is, and it's delicious, but I don't know how to make it. It's very expensive. I would probably mm. like dry cottage cheese, because the thing that sucks about cottage cheese is that it's a liquid. The thing that I hear you say all the time about cheese, Jeff, is this cheese is too wet. Yeah, all the time I'm saying this. Yeah. Yeah, cottage cheese is uh, foul. Garçon, bring me your driest cheese. Yeah. bring. Can you bring me a dried out ricotta? Actually, the rind of a ricotta cheese is pretty... Not ricotta. Um, Parmesan? Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. It's so dry and chewy. Mm. You can make soup with that stuff. Yeah. Ooh, there is dry ricotta. Excellent. See, you say you don't like cottage cheese or ricotta, but I don't mind them. They're pretty good. They have a nice creamy texture. Ricotta's ricotta's okay. You know that Jeff is a different person from you, right? (laughs) I know, but Jeff has these problems with it that I don't understand. No, ricotta's uh, ricotta's okay. Let the jury understand that the, the defendant said that he didn't like cottage cheese, but... And yet, I do like cottage <laughs> Hey, listen, if you're going to get into the thing where Jeff says something's bad and I can't say, no, actually, it's good. Then we have no, no podcast. The way that you phrased yeah, it. Yeah, you phrased like, it in a way like, uh, you'll, I think yeah, you'll find you actually understand. that you can't dislike it because I do like it. <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, I should have said, no, everyone else is wrong before yeah, I started go. that sentence. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Okay, Perfect. you should just do that before every sentence, really. I wonder what the exactly. difference... I think it's because ricotta is a little, like, grainier instead of seeming like chunks in goo. Yeah, I, I guess mean, so. the, the liquid part of ricotta is a lot less present That's than yeah. cottage cheese. I like cottage cheese, but I do get that it's kind of, like... Yeah. If you if you had to drink just the water part of cottage cheese, that would be the pits, I What's think. very weird for us at our age is, uh, for, you know, centuries, cottage cheese was this rustic uh, food stuff. But yeah. then, hitting hard in the late 70s through the 80s, it became a health food. Yep. So oh, yeah. It's got this weird connotation of, like, here's a disgusting salad with a little bit of cottage cheese on it. That's all you need to eat today. Like, so it takes away some of the uh, charm of actual cottage cheese. Yeah. yeah, you know, cottage cheese. It's basically the same thing as a nice, healthy Greek yogurt. No, it isn't. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I like sitting down to a pot of cottage cheese. I'll eat that for lunch some days. That's good. That's a good lunch. You eat it out Ooh, of a pot? In there. I mean, it comes in a pot. A Stregonona pot is never empty. Oh, oh no, man. God, that's the worst. <laughs> you tried to, you were like, what could be worse than a never-ending pot of spaghetti? Most things. Let me try and identify the worst possible one. <laughs> if you think a never-ending pot of cottage cheese is worse than a never-ending pot of, like, bed bugs or something. <laughs> no, I mean in terms of, like, food that you could have a never-ending oh, well, pot of. that's not what you said. <laughs> right, but, like, yeah, obviously a never-ending pot of, like, Herds is going to be worse than. <laughs> At least you could fertilize your cottage garden. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So you could grow those spaghetti trees. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah, this cottage is on the side of Big Rock Candy Mountain. We should have said. Yeah, I I keep telling you they're called weeping willows. And you can't just serve that. Uh, no, I when so. <laughs> Louisa, the way you phrased that made it seem like you were uh, getting angry at an industry that <laughs> makes rock candy mountains, big rock candy mountain. <laughs> right. 
but in fact, it's the charming location of the Big Rock Candy Mountain, which is buy where your, Buy your Rock Candy Mountains locally, please. Yeah, you gotta spite Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yeah, we all love to have a tabletop candy mountain for the Christmas season, but be sure to buy Make your them. own, yeah. Yep. Out of cottage cheese. Act locally, think globally. That's right. I love tabletop candy mountain, but I can never figure out which class to pick. Mm. See, this is why I usually just play uh, Never Winter Candy Mountain. Mm. Everyone always wants to be no. Queen Frostine. That's the problem. They fight over that <laughs> oh one. Oh my god, I would play in a uh, Candyland tabletop game any oh day god. of the week. There's that would be so good. Absolutely going, there's absolutely some homebrew Candyland D&D thing, isn't there? Yeah, there must be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many of these are about cottage cheese, it's kind of messing me up. <laughs> it's like half cottage cheese and half cottage gardens, which I don't know that I knew before this that cottage gardens were a different kind of garden from other gardens. All I can imagine is that they are flowers that don't need a whole lot of upkeep. Like, they're kind of, like, uh, artfully messy flower yes. gardens. But then I'm also imagining a true cottage garden would definitely have vegetables and herbs because you would need to grow those. Right. I'm thinking it's like wild local wildflowers to attract pollinators and then like mm-hmm. healing herbs and teas and like some vegetables. pumpkins because you're yeah, a witch pumpkins to turn a cow <laughs> so that when you swap a um carriage into a pumpkin mm-hmm. then you can hide it with your other pumpkins so people don't know that it's a carriage. <laughs> this is the plot of gone in 60 seconds. I've got <laughs> Got two challenging ones here. Um, mm-hmm. First, how to build a kid's cottage house. Out of plywood. Kids don't know any better. What do you mean a kid's cottage house? <laughs> when Listen, when you and your wife realize that you can't afford to feed both of you and your two children, you have to lead mm-hmm. them into the woods to a cottage house. Made of gingerbread. <laughs> That's what you have to answer, Jeff. These people are asking hey, what to make that oh, out of. Oh, yeah, sorry. You make it out of gingerbread and then a witch cooks and eats your son. There you go. Um, this uh, Wait, the, does it not? Does the witch not kill it? Oh no, the witch doesn't kill it either. Yeah, she wants to kill and eat the son. Yeah, but though. the kids are the ones who end up winning, so they're yeah. the real. They ones. kill and eat the witch. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> That's how they gain her but... strength. <laughs> uh, they turned that into a kind of like a good for her horror movie a few years ago called <laughs> Gretel and Hansel. Where the witch is kind of like, ooh, Gretel, what if you become a witch, too? It's a weird one. I mean, that's kind of what the witch is about, too. Yeah. Um, What The other one that's challenging to me is how to cook a cottage roll, which is fourth down from the top on the left. Oh, yeah. And I googled cottage roll. I know what this is. This is my time to shine. It it seems to be some kind of Canadian cured pork. No. (laughs) Basically, it's a cheaper ham. Because mm. ham is a specific kind of pork. It's usually along the leg, I believe. Uh, but a shoulder of pork, which we all know is very cheap to make pulled pork and whatever. So I was that, right when I said it was cured pork. It is cured pork, yes. But it's a cheap cut that's cheaper than a ham that's like a cottage ham. It's I see. A cottage roll. Yes. Okay. It looks like uh, corned beef, but um, kind of, yeah. But it's pork. <laughs> yeah. Pork shoulder. So the same cut you'd use for carnitas or pulled pork or whatever but huh. it's hammed hammed up with this smoke canadian i don't think it's canadian all of the brands i'm seeing are calling it canadian cottage roll interesting yeah oh because there's got big in canada there's a brand called maple leaf that makes a sweet pickled cottage roll <laughs> ew, ew. 
I need it. Yeah, no, that sounds great, actually. Sweet pickled pork sounds like a swear that Little Orphan Annie would do. That's definitely like a like a Luke Cage type of throwback seventies black exploitation, you know, but censored. Little Orphan Annie and Luke Cage have more in common than we like to. Admit. Yeah, Little Orphan Annie seems like she would say "Sweet Christmas," and she also uh, was immune to bullets. Yep. It's true. <laughs> We never saw her die from them. Yeah, we did see her fight Mahershala Ali in that one episode. That, yeah, that was a whole series that he did that. Yeah, I know. I didn't watch the second season. <laughs> it was all right. Uh, how to decorate a home like a Cape Cod cottage? Just put rope around everything. Yeah, mm, if you hot yes. glue rope all around the edges of every table in your house, people are gonna be like, "Is this some kind of Cape Cod cottage in here?" Yeah. Mm, as an insult? Sounds like an insult. Yeah, Ooh, but you like live in a friggin' Cape Cod cottage. To strangle them with. Yeah. Uh, and you definitely need to have anything covered in seashells that you can think of. Should your lawn be covered in uh, seashells? Louise, yes. I think your toilet pronounced... seat? Yes. Louise, I think it's pronounced Seychelles. That's a different place. Wow, that's pretty not good. near Cape Cod at all. No, that's maybe pretty... on the opposite side of the earth, exactly. Pretty good, though. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is uh, uh, an island nation <laughs> off the coast of Africa. Yes, I know. <laughs> mm. uh, did we do all the good ones accidentally? Yeah, they... but we're also an hour and a half in, so like we could just end. Yeah, but we always try. I always try to cap it off with a good one, and I'm oh. looking for a good one now. How do you decorate for Christmas cottage style? Mm, there we go. I think you want to use real shabby looking uh, decorations, like you like you live in an old timey cottage and you can't afford better. So like popcorn strings, probably that sort of thing. Mm. What if you just build an entire cottage in your front yard, and then if anyone asks, you tell them that it's a crash. It's very good. I'm Googling Cottagecore Christmas so I can learn how to do this. God, you just need piles of brown and tan candles. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so many. A good, that's a good tip for life, really. Yeah. A few tubs of cottage cheese to leave out for Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, God, he loves it. He doesn't eat it, but he does walk in it and leave footprints. Yeah. He, he, he squishes it between his nasty toes. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing a lot of people hanging uh, mushroom-shaped ornaments on their there tree. There we go, yes. That's very little, cottagey. Little felt squirrels and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. A, he- a hedgehog made out of a pine cone or yes. something. Absolutely. Yeah. There's little felt mushrooms and pumpkins people have around as decorations, putting actual oh, lit oh. candles on your tree. Get one of those triangle-shaped hats that has a pom-pom on the end and wear it all the time. Ooh. Dress like David the Gnome. This is a good cottage court Christmas. Right. It can't be too Santa-y, though. Have it be in, like, green or plaid. Yes. Uh, mm. Like orange. Like a burnt orange it, color. It should look like an old-timey uh, sleeping man's cap. Mm-hmm. Like where you'd oh, be I carrying a candle a, on a I dish. This was an upright cone-shaped hat, so you're doing, like, a paliachi sort of, with the bombs. <laughs> but, Louisa, um, I am paliachi. Oh, no! <laughs> You can't suggest I wear that hat. You have to keep the spirit of Pelias in your heart all of the year round. Yep, the <laughs> That's spirit what you is you Christmas. The spirit is being very curmudgeonly, but also a funny clown. Yeah, I mean that's what this show is. You just described the entire premise of our podcast. Yeah, our podcast has a lot of premises, though. <laughs> yeah, curmudgeonly funny clowns. That should be the name of our show. Can we change it again? Yes. No.
I don't no. want to make a new logo. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I made it last time. I think you made both of the previous logos. <laughs> yes, I did. You're right. I did every time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Well, I hope you guys learned a little bit about cottage life today. If you didn't, then fine. <laughs> Come back next week and maybe we'll teach you more. Um, but in the meantime, if you, if you could, please go to iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and tell everyone about how great our show is. Uh, do that in your real life with your mouth also. That would be good. That way, everyone will start listening and then I will stop asking if we can stop doing the show. <laughs> yes. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackToTheNetPod. Or you can uh, join our Discord to talk to us. We Every week we are having conversations with people about what we talked about. People are getting mad at usually me for being wrong. Uh, people are supporting Louise's crazy opinions a lot of the time. Right. This is where so. I get all the validation in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you want to get in that Discord, just drop us a message on Mastodon and we can uh, send you an invite. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I am available online in places that you can find at weaponizedlanguage.com. And you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week to learn more from us. But in the meantime, please remember, you've only got so many feet. I don't know if other people are into it. Pumpkin Spice Donuts! Pumpkin Spice Donuts!